It's good to be back in the stew after yeah, quite a while. Stew, back in Michigan. Um, for us, you know, we're recording on Monday this week. Yeah. Um, and it's only been technically eight days since we were here last, but it's been quite a long week. Oh, yeah. Uh, lots, for many lots reasons. Of news this week. <laughs> for many reasons, which you'll learn uh, more about later on uh-huh. if you stick through the episode. But it's been a pretty long week, um, especially for me, because this weekend, and the reason we aren't recording on Sunday as normal is because I was in D.C. Yeah. Uh, presenting my honors thesis for um, for college and some uh, in front of Joe Biden, um, CIA, yeah. John Bolton. And so, you know, naturally the yeah. group I'm with, were exploring DC, seeing all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And my observation being there this time, I think is the same as it was when we went like a year and a half ago, Oh, which yeah. is that there's homeless people all over the place. And that's yes. not like, I'm not saying like you homeless people. Yeah, I'm not saying like, Oh, I hate seeing homeless people everywhere. Get them off right, somewhere else. Two things. First, it's bad, especially considering how expensive things are in that city. Yeah. Like $5 for a large fry at McDonald's is That's crazy. Nuts. Even in like the, the more, the less bougie places of the city, a burger's like 20 bucks. It's insane. Like, I don't know if it's just Biden press the, the food up button or uh-huh. what, but things are super expensive. And then, of course, there's the fact uh, that they're right down the street from with the, the people that could fix it. Yeah, right down the street from like, the Capitol. Like, they have to see them when they go into work. From most angles in the city, you could see the Capitol building, mm-hmm. right? It's in the middle of everything. <laughs> Everything's shaped like a pentagram, and yeah. it's in the middle. Yeah, it, it's right in the middle. You should, I, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy seeing that. So that was my my observation, just like last time. But there was a fun thing that I experienced. Okay. Uh, the last day we were there, which was yesterday, Sunday for us, um, we, we went up to the Lincoln Memorial, because we yeah. had some time to kill before we went to the airport, and there was this big protest that was going on. Oh. It was huge. It was like, we were really? walking up from uh, the other side, so you know, National Mall is super long, yeah. so we're walking from the other side, and we can see there's a big crowd, we're getting closer, and we're hearing more people, and as we're approaching, the speaker's talking about how we got into the Iraq war, and that was a bad idea, uh, we were there for Afghanistan too long, and I'm thinking sick, like, this, oh, this no. is gas. Oh, no. I'm getting closer, and in the crowd, I see a Russian flag, and I'm like- Okay, that's bizarre, but maybe they're just like a heckler, you know, yeah. showed up. And then guess who comes on stage? This dude, I didn't know who this the original speaker was. Okay. Then after him, Tulsi Gabbard comes on no. the stage. And Tulsi Gabbard's giving a speech. In Apparently, the flesh? In the flesh. They're right in front of my eyes. Oh my God. On the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And she, apparently this organization is called Rage Against the War Machine. But everything they were there for was to push this kind of like leftist populism to cover for their defense of Russia. And it was basically it was basically them saying we shouldn't be in Ukraine. Russia should just basically win the war. It's the kind of like I'm critical of NATO only when a fascist is invading so I can defend them, but not directly defend them. It was that take. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those those people are just so awful. Bizarre. That that's crazy, and just the Russian flag in the audience too. Just like <laughs> it was, a, it's so on the nose. Well, I only saw one, and then you know we walked around because they weren't taking up the whole steps because it's a huge yeah. monument. Uh, we walked around them, and I noticed there's Russian flags like in their area, <laughs> and oh. there were people with uh, yeah. It was a weird assortment of like uh, just all kinds of people, um, huh. and it was both the most fascist and just like the most the weirdest looking group I've ever seen. Because that's what like they're fascist. You yeah, know? absolutely, like they're, absolutely. They're defending, I love it when a big country steamrolls another right. one. Like they're they're defending Russia, a fascist state at this point. Uh, through this kind of populism that's like, oh, well, we send so much money to Ukraine, but we never help people here. 
And it's like, even if we didn't send that money to Ukraine, you wouldn't want to help people here. <laughs> like, you don't you don't care about that. The people you are criticizing don't care about that either. You're just opposed to this because you still have, like, I don't know, wet dreams about the old Soviet Union and can't recognize any of its faults. Yeah. Like, like these people, they, it's like rage against war. Rage against the war machine, but only when they're doing good things. Because, <laughs> like, the war machine sometimes accomplishes things or does yeah. things that we should do. No, like, guys, we should not get involved in World War II. I'm highly critical of NATO only when they're pushing back against a literal fascist. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but that was a uh, a very interesting experience for me. I didn't expect it. I saw See, a whole Tulsi protest. Gavard, were you starstruck? I was starstruck, <laughs> and then they marched to the uh, the White House, apparently. Oh. I don't think anything happened because I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're, they're fine. But also, a speaker, and I saw this guy up close, okay. was Ron Paul father no. of rand paul he's still alive former senator he was there yeah i was he's, up close is he like 90 i was like oh yeah he's old as hell okay i was like 10 feet away decrepit from him. rotting in his chair yeah i was i was very close to him uh i could have got a photo with him but i was he was surrounded by like the the most fascist looking white dudes i could imagine oh i bet uh it's so Ron i didn't paul. approach like it's like the annoying libertarian's father right like i'm the i'm like as a you know a, a straight white dude yeah yeah pretty normal looking white guy i'm like the least likely person to get attacked <laughs> by this group and i was feeling uncomfortable being that close to them you know what i mean so yeah. i was like let me not push it so what <laughs> but yeah crazy my, my own business great good glad to be back in the stew in summary exactly exactly Welcome back to Head in the Office, everybody. Uh, boy, do we have a depressing episode for you. It's been a week. It's bad news <laughs> o'clock. Uh, and it's, you've joined us here at Bad News Central. <laughs> We're here to give you the bad news. But before we get into all that, of course, we'll remind you to go check out the Patreon if you want to get access to early episodes uh, and check out all of our other social medias, YouTube, TikTok, um, everything I always announce. It's you, all there. You know what to do. How about the show? Um, we're, we're slowly growing and we couldn't, we couldn't do it without our beautiful patrons and we couldn't do it without our beautiful five-star reviews. That's right. That we read off every single week uh, and we've got about five to read today. So if you want to help out the show, go leave a five-star review on Apple. We'll read it on the show. And we'll tell you how much we love you. And you know, we'll, uh, we'll ping pong them. We'll mm -hmm. ping pong them a little bit. You want to start it off? Yeah. First one is from Lauren Roebuck. Subject line, the best pod by the best boys. Of course. Lauren says, I'm a loyal Spotify listener doing their civic duty of giving the boys a well-deserved five-star review. That's right. Mm -hmm. Cross-platform. Mm -hmm. I, agree, I agree with this. <laughs> this podcast has quickly become my new favorite and is now my uh, is now my go-to for finding out what's going on in the world for better or for worse. <laughs> it's so nice being able to listen to, uh, listen to news from a comedic angle while still getting the best leftist take. These guys have made me feel more educated and more confident discussing politics and leftist ideologies. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to the Patreon. I'll offer a, maybe a hot take. Hot um, take. Hot take. If you if you're on the left, I'm gonna assume most of our listeners are probably on the left. Don't want to yeah. assume, but like probably there's a couple. vast majority yeah. listening to to content that you like. If you ever find yourself discussing politics and you got leftist views, you should be like overly confident because you're <laughs> right in what you're saying. You know what I mean? You should absolutely assert yourself yeah, in you that should. situation. You, you should definitely 100%. assert yourself. And I'm, I'm always glad to see them plug the Patreon. You mm -hmm. already know. And I'm just, I'm glad that we are out here uh, helping people, Spotify users, mm -hmm. reach across the aisle and interact with Apple a little bit. That's right. You know, we're, That's right. look at, look at us. Like we will always, centrism. always reach across the aisle, but never seed ground. <laughs> never. I stand by exactly. Spotify being the best platform. However, hey, however, hey. before we get into it, <laughs> let's get into the next review. Absolute tenor, best pad, best pod on here by Daniel Brookler, five, five, two. 
There you go. This is the only podcast I genuinely love. Every episode is immaculate. This is the crash course for current events and the only place I know I can come to get the news and not feel complete despair. (laughs) Might change this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Who'd have thought there'd be a pot of two cis white boys that actually restores my faith in humanity, full of nuance and intelligent takes that are hilarious and informative. As a huge Hasanabi head, I can definitely say these are the new woke bays. Mm -hmm. I sometimes find it hard to enjoy other leftist podcasts consistently citing sources and addressing the facts of our political hellscape but these boys are somehow able to do all that while making me laugh the whole way through mm. now i hit that like button and sub to the patreon let's go otherwise i will punch you in the throat mm. officially tossing in my long-held title of wednesday weenie for the savvy sunday crowd let's go let a, a, immaculate i'm loving the announcements uh, somehow, I think starting my week with y'all will improve my sanity. Literally made a Patreon account exclusively for this podcast. Yeah, it's that good. Oh my God, whew, Daniel, that's a. Whew, I might be in love. That's a banger of a review right there. I might be in love. We appreciate the review. Next one is from uh, Sarah Mo. Subject line: My new favorite podcast. Oh my gosh. Sarah says, I went to high school with these guys, and nothing makes me happier than than to see my peers doing what they love and becoming successful. I found this podcast a couple of weeks ago and immediately started binging. Now it's my favorite podcast that I look forward to listening to every week. Insane. Not only are they hilarious, I seriously laugh out loud, but they're also very educated and so well-spoken. It's reassuring to know that so many people my age share the same political views. It gives me hope for our future. The world is so effed up right now, yet this podcast helps me keep my sanity, sanity again. Let's go. Right, it's, Let's a, go. it's a rolling theme. Keep up the great work, Jeremy and Gage. You know, Sarah, you keep up the great work. Shout out, Sarah. Shout out, Sarah. Shout out, Sarah. You did I wonder, go to high school, I wonder how you found us again. You didn't find us when we posted on Instagram? Hmm. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, when, actually, when, I'm skeptical. When we first started a year and a half ago, did we pop up on your For You page? What's What's good with that? Yeah. yeah she, we initially popped up, and she's like, this this sucks. <laughs> she's like, hey, Jeremy and Gage, I fucking up. hate those guys. <laughs> we came back up, and she's like, okay, not a bad take. Yeah. I guess. For sure. She's like, Jeremy and Gage, losers, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> infiltrated our way in there exactly Uh, just persistency you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying next of you i look forward to this every week by the original momo i found these guys on tiktok last summer and was instantly hooked i look hooked i love seeing a new generation taking up the leftist baton especially since some of the old lefty guard is getting up in age naturally funny but also on point at every turn they are literally the only podcast I don't begrudge for running long. We, we run along a lot. What do you mean running long? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they can breeze from talking about complex positions to poking fun at conservatives assert as trash takes has me hoping these two have decades in front of them as political commentators. Me too. <laughs> Let me Look, tell man, you. I'm a firm believer that there's, there's two ways to get a conservative to stop. Yeah. Just to stop being conservative. Yeah. One, you can do good faith argument, but that... For that, they got to be open to it. You know what I mean? For sure. They got to be willing to hear you out and listen to your points and make changes to their positions based on your arguments. That's rare. Yeah. Number two, you got to be mean. Like Absolutely. that's those, those are the only and two it's options. Like just sometimes just be just sit, assert yourself. Mm-hmm. Just don't mm-hmm. background. Don't seed ground. You don't have to seed. Yeah. Push yeah. back. It, being like socially uncomfortable after you get owned in the marketplace of ideas or just owned yeah. in general, yeah. it makes you switch positions. It's going to make it's you effective. think a little bit. You're going to be like, I mean, man, uh, exactly. don't like shame, shame. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking to like your idiot cousin, mm-hmm. don't get in there just like shame because shame isn't a good motivator psychologically. However, you got to get in there and make sure they know that they're wrong. Exactly. There, there's there's a fine line to walk there. You um, know what I mean? The way that you're goofing, because we goof in this hoe. Absolutely. The way that you have to clown <laughs> on them must be based in empirical realities. 
<laughs> so that they can be salient takes. That's my advice for exactly. all of you today. Uh, our last review here from Neontari, longtime listener. Love Neontari. Neontari, one of, one of my favorites. Excellent community member. That's right. I do say so myself. Subject line, hello, brothers. Neontari says, longtime patron here, and I'm here to convince you the listener in parentheses, to join the Patreon. Oh Early gosh. episodes. It's the big poll. Imagine your Sunday afternoon relaxing while you... <laughs> Monday afternoon or Monday evening <laughs> for you guys today. <laughs> Imagine your Sunday afternoon relaxing while listening to increasingly depressing news and topics. Discord. You already get Discord. to be in the Discord, but the patron chat is the place to be. He's Lastly, he's literally a sales pitch. <laughs> Lastly, the patrons get to see my Hitto Out of Context Part 2 first, then the re- uh, before the rest of you. Oh my goodness. Love you, Gage and Jeremy. Here's a, here's to a great 2023 and then the star-eyed emoji. Shout out Neontari. Absolutely Neontari. looking forward to Hitto Out of Context oh, yeah. uh, Part 2. Uh, there have been some lines that have, have uh, made made headlines in the Discord. That's essentially. true. There are some sound bites that they've already clipped out. I already know there are people who have pinged Neontari and been like, Neontari, look at this. See, we got the first out of context uh, probably like what, September? Yeah. August, summer. It was, yeah. it was quite a while ago. Uh, and I think since then we've developed um, more of a mean streak. For sure. Um, I, I feel like I've maybe intentionally said some more out of context. I feel things, like I've gotten a little things. too comfortable on the mic uh-huh. at times. <laughs> we talked about some, so we talked about the M&Ms again, of course. Oh, That's yes. a, maybe yeah. maybe there's a good, there's a minefield. Yeah. Of I want to here. fuck the green M&M, you know? Exactly. Well, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it's right here. <laughs> Making it easier for Neon Tari. Exactly. Let's talk about sad things. Something to talk about in the news. Sad news now. Yeah, yeah. Now it's time to get into a little sad news. Yeah. Um, as as you may know, I'm sure you know, it was, uh, it was a really high profile event on Monday, February 13th. There was a there was another uh, mass shooting yeah. here in America, and this one personally affected me in a couple ways. Yeah. One, <laughs> I go to MSU, yeah. and I was on campus at the time. And two, it happened on a Monday, the mm-hmm. day after we recorded. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yet, yet again, we're victim to uh, the biggest news stories happening on Monday and Tuesday. Right. Yeah. And uh, additionally, I am also was in a school shooting. So yeah. that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to be in the segment. It's getting a little harder to talk about it than yeah, I, I thought it would be uh, now that I'm actually doing it. But anyway, with, with that out of the way, uh, let's get into the coverage. Per the AP and the timeline of the events, at approximately 8.15 p.m., a man walked into Berkey Hall. Yeah. which is pretty much like the humanities hall at yeah. MSU. It's where like IH classes happen. Pretty much every freshman, sophomore, everybody has to have an IH class, two of them. Okay. To be specific. So I've had a couple classes in Berkey. I actively right now, well, not right now anymore. This semester I had a class in Berkey. Yeah. Since the events, it's gotten moved away. And um, at 8.15, a man walked into Berkey Hall while classes were going on, walked into the classroom and oh, just there started- were night classes happening? Yeah, there Jeez. were night classes happening. And he walked into a classroom, the classroom that was closest to the back door he entered the building in, and trigger warning, gun violence. Yeah. And he just started shooting people in class. Yeah. Um, there's an there's a interview, I think, on CNN and on Today with the professor who was teaching the class, like, mm-hmm. at the time that it was happening. And this is, uh, I'm pretty sure this is where two of the victims, Ariel Anderson and Alexander Werner, uh, died. Yeah. They died uh, on the spot in the classroom. He shot- People say he shot about 15 times in the classroom, then walked out and just started started shooting more people in Berkey. Yeah. Um, kids, like, reports they had to break the window to run out of the hall to escape the classroom. Some kids stayed behind and, like, nursed other kids' wounds, things like that. Um, then about at 8.18, the shooting was called into the police. And shortly after, he walked over to the student union building, another building where classes are. That's a building that also has, like, food and shit. Yeah. It's a place where you can hang out. I'm pretty sure there are, like, concerts at the union every like once in a while. Like a student center kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a student center kind of thing. Right. He walked over to the union, 
and um, he started shooting again. Mm-hmm. So at 818, the police are made aware of this event. It wasn't until 831 when an automatic alert, well, not automatic, but an alert is sent out to our MSU emails and texts saying this. Uh, and this is directly from my email. Quote, MSU police report shots fired incident occurring on or near the East Lansing campus. Secure in place immediately. Run, hide, fight. <laughs> Run means evacuate away from danger if you can do so safely. Hide means to secure in place. And fight means protect yourself if no other option. Monitor alert.msu.edu for information. That's it? That's it. Jesus That's all we got. This is, this is 15 minutes after the, the first shooting. Two people are dead. Yeah. The shooting has been called in to the cops. Like, what, 12 minutes before? 13 minutes yeah, before? The, yeah. The cops know. The cops had to alert MSU so MSU could send the alert out. Mm-hmm. What, why didn't they tell us where the shooter right. was spotted, where the shooter first shot? And it was it was scary for me because I was at the library. I had got to the library at, like, 7.30 because I go, like, pretty much every Monday and Tuesday to do my biochem homework with my friends. Uh-huh. It was me and three of my other friends were in one of the study rooms on the second floor of the library. I didn't even get the email at first. Uh, two of my friends got the email, and then I got it a couple minutes later. Jeez. By the time that I had finally got that email, my cousin was calling me. And he said, oh, my God, Gage, are you okay? And I was yeah. like, okay, like, do, how do you know about what's going on? I just found out about what's going on. Found out later that he has a friend that works at the Ingram County Sheriff's Department. He posted about it on Facebook, and he okay. just happened to log into Facebook at the same time to see it. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that told me that the shooting was in Berkey Hall. Mm. And then I'm getting texts like my phone starts blowing up and my friend's phone started blowing up because everyone's like texting their friends to check up on each other, make sure everyone's off campus. I was not off campus. Right. I was in the fucking library. And it like at, at that moment, it just didn't feel real. Yeah. No, I can you, imagine. You know what I mean? Like it didn't like it was like active shooter. Like what? Yeah. Because there have been times where we've gotten alerts where it's like someone some there was like an interpersonal altercation around like the Lansing area. And that someone had shot another person and was, like, getting away. Yeah, it's pretty typical. And it's, like, there was one over, I think it was the summer, where it was, like, secure in place. We don't know where this guy is, but it was an interpersonal thing. It wasn't, like, an active shooter going into a classroom and fucking killing kids. You know what I mean? But then it's, like, run, hide, fight. And so me and my friends are, like, "What, what the fuck do we do? Like, what's going on? And then I get the shits. Cause I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm yeah. feeling a little scared. Cause I'm like, oh goodness, are we in a active shooting situation? And so I'm getting the shits. My friend Laura, she's also getting the shits and has to pee. Yeah. And we say that, and it, it, we we end up debating for a little bit about like, well, is it even safe to like go to the bathroom right now? Like, what's going on? So I just make this. Fuck it, I'm going to the bathroom. Uh, I go to the bathroom. Laura goes to the bathroom. Uh, Laura finds like a bathroom on the second floor that's got a lock on it. Yeah. It's like a single person bathroom and everything. And we go over and after I come back, like, you know what, maybe we should just bunker down in here. And so I look out the window and from the window in the library, you can see the union and I can see fucking 15 cop cars outside the union, just like lights blazing and everything. Yeah. Cause the union is just a, it's a fucking couple minute walk away from the library. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really know he was at the union. I just had texts from friends saying that he was at the union. One of my friends knew someone who was at the union when he started shooting. Yeah. And he's like, that's what's going on. I'm debating whether or not we should get in my car and drive away because I didn't know that that was the union. I didn't know how fucking close the union was. Right. I didn't know how close Berkey was to the library. I didn't know how close any of this was to the library because I, like, I, I, just, I just didn't know. And they informed me of that. And I'm, I'm starting to, like, panic. And then we, we go into the bathroom. We sit down. We push the trash can against the door. Uh, put our backpacks against the door because that's going to fucking do anything. 
and um, yeah. we're texting people, people, and and it still doesn't necessarily feel real. And then people start texting me explicitly because I'm at the library to like check up on me. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of my friends are like, "Oh my god, I heard you at the library. Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I didn't know I was in this much danger being in the library. What's, 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 what the fuck?" Right. And then we we still have no official confirmation from MSU on like where he is, where he was. So everything that I learned throughout the course of the night is from friends and my mom and my family that mm-hmm. are texting me. After that, we we bunker down in the bathroom. And then uh, we turned the lights off and then it finally like felt real when we turned the lights off and I started to like panic a little bit, but yeah. then it's like, well, what the fuck? Like what, right. what's going on? And just for, for the next three and a half hours, I'm just sitting down in this bathroom with my four friends. And it's like, I, it's just, it was such a, such a surreal experience. Like we're, we're because we're thinking like, okay, school shooting, like it's going to be a student. Mm-hmm. Most like school shootings are students and shit. If it's a student, why isn't he coming to the library? Right. Like, what is he going to come to the library? And then we're getting information from the police scanner. And throughout the course of the night, it's like police scanner shots fired at the STEM building, shots fired at IME, shots fired at IM West. Like, like all around campus. All yeah. around campus, shots fired. Um, on the police scanner, there were there were reports that there were multiple shooters around yeah. campus. So it's like, oh, I I really just need to fucking hunker down, hunker down to shut the fuck up in this bathroom then. Mm-hmm. And just like sit here for the next fucking three hours and wait. And the next piece of information that we officially get is at 10, 10.04, right? And forgive me while I go and mm-hmm. look for this fucking email. It's at 10.04. We had gotten a couple reiterating the same, like, yeah. run, hide, fight orders as before. One of them was titled Active Shooter 2.0, and I just thought that that was a funny title. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, what, what is this? Is this Dropped a fucking a action movie? What's, what's going on here? And that was just reiterating the same thing. Um, oh, God, this is an email from 840. This is the email from 1005, the okay. next official confirmation I'd got from MSU. Uh, please click to acknowledge receipt of this message. This is an MSU alert from the Michigan State University Police Department regarding an incident on the East Lansing, Lansing campus. A person is actively shooting at the East Lansing campus. This is an active and ongoing situation. Follow the run, hide, and fight guidelines. Secure in place. Turn cell phones to silent. Remain quiet. Suspect description. Short male with mask. Possibly black male. We don't know what he looks like at this point. Yeah. And that brings me to a thing that I saw when I um when I watched Hassan's coverage the other yeah. day because the, the fucking VOD finally got posted or like the video got posted to the Hassan's YouTube channel. Yeah. So I watched it. And that was surreal in itself because it's like as a person who covers the news, it's really weird being the news yeah (laughs) so i was like what's going on but in hassan's video he was watching i can't remember which local news is uh coverage of it but they were saying yeah we just really want to thank the the police and all the first responders and it's like that's fine and then she said something like we we just want to thank the police for getting images of the shooter out so quickly and getting an id on the suspect so quickly so that we could we could get the situation resolved it was hours later, right? It was hours later. Yeah. I was there were there were rumors on Twitter. There was a there was a, a picture of some white dude circling around. People were saying this is the shooter and then like an hour later like no it's not. Uh-huh. Then there were pictures of three guys walking around campus with guns. We later found out that we think they're off-duty police officers who came in to help the situation. Right. But they looked like shooters cuz they're just jeans, t-shirt, vest and long guns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when an active shooting is going on, it's like that's the only information I'm getting. Mm-hmm. MSU knew information, the police knew information. It was withheld 
I understand why some of it was withheld because you need additional verification, but why did I not know that shots first rang out at Berkey and then the Union when those were confirmed things? Right. And I'm in the area. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm actively next to the Union. Yeah, and and that was kind of my main question through all of all of this is because like obviously I don't go to yeah. MSU, but I know MSU is a huge campus, like geographically yeah, three mile campus. It's an it's an enormous piece of land, and I was wondering the whole time like is this so difficult for the police because you know he could be anywhere on this huge campus, mm-hmm. the shooter could have been anywhere, or are they just like incompetent? Yeah, like are are they just not doing what they're supposed to do? And like, the reason I at like the the second part of my question exists is because like. We've seen in the United States for the past several decades at this point how much, like, how poorly police typically respond to school shootings, right? Yeah. Like, we've saw we've seen it at Uvalde. Um, Oxford was honestly, like, the exception with the police arriving super quick and, mm-hmm. like, getting the job done as fast as they could. But for the most part, cops haven't dealt with it very well. And I was wondering if, like, MSU PD just wasn't ready. I, so I, 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 don't I don't know what your take but is. I, 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 I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't know what to think about it because I do understand that like MSU's East Lansing campus is a three mile campus. Right. Like, it's like it's a, a city. Yeah. Yeah. It's a three mile long campus. How do you lock down a campus that's this big? And it, but it, then it's also like it's it's it ended up being one fucking dude. Yeah. And and they right. have these this bit of these bits of information that they're like withholding some of it because they genuinely don't know because on the police scanner I couldn't listen because I was trying to be quiet in a fucking bathroom in the library but I was getting all the information from my friends and my mom who were actively listening to the scanners saying that like again shots fired at uh, acres yeah. shots fired on this side of campus oh he may be in the woods there may be multiple shooters what's going on like what what do you do with that. But then I go outside and I see that there's just fucking 30 cop cars outside the Union, 30 cop cars outside of Berkey. Uh, when when the when the shelter-in-place order finally got lifted at 12.30, after mm-hmm. I'd been in that bathroom for three and a half hours and after the shooting had been gone going on for four hours, yeah. at 12.30, we finally walk out of the library and there are three helicopters circling where we are. Uh, I can't even count the amount of cop cars that I saw on my walk back home. The FBI was there. I think the fucking ATF was there yeah cops from oakland county had show up like right what the fuck do you do yeah like it's it's just a problem that just no one is equipped to handle yeah cops are not equipped to handle something like this and it's like part part of me i I was like it was like pissed off like what was going on because i'm like okay i'm hearing that cops are clearing these buildings why aren't why aren't they clearing other buildings like i i don't know if this is just me just I guess being selfish and wanting to be safe, but it's like, why aren't cops clearing the fucking library yet? Right. Because we didn't know that he wasn't a student until he fucking killed himself. Yeah. We, we, we yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that he had no affiliation with the university. And the, the thought, you are going to assume that it's a student, and you are going to assume that this is a targeted attack, because most of them are. Yeah. And me being in the library, you're going to think that if you're going to shoot up a campus at night, aren't you going to go to the fucking library? Yeah. Where, like, kids are? And that's that's the other thing, uh, and that's kind of the, the other side of the equation here, is that I heard, and I've seen some reports, although I don't have all the information, that mm-hmm. this guy already had a record. Yeah, he, like, he, he was had already a, on lists. He had a previous gun gun uh charge something yeah something like that like a violation involving a gun mm-hmm. i can't remember exactly what it was and i think he had had he had had a couple other misdemeanors yeah i can't remember if i'm mixing this case up with another case uh this may just be can take this at face value i think i had heard that he had a felony that he got pleaded down to a misdemeanor so I think he was legally allowed to carry the gun. I don't fuck. Yeah, know. I'm just. I guess I'm just confused. You know, you're right next to the state's capital, 
Yeah. Um, you, we pour millions of dollars into the police, state police. We pour thousands, millions of dollars into county polices, uh, you know, sheriff's offices into the stuff. MSU police. Yeah. So much money, the MSU police. Like, I don't, I don't understand how the, like the information you were getting as yeah. a student wasn't more clear at the very least. That's what like, I'm I can, saying. I can for a moment excuse the cops not being able to get him after a few hours. Cause again, campus is enormous. They it's didn't know huge. what was going she could on. be hiding in a fucking bush right. in the woods. There are woods on campus. They were getting calls from like every building on the campus. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I get, it was hard to know, but at the very least, like the information apparatus wasn't, it's, it didn't seem like it wasn't even set up. It, no, it, it absolutely was not. And I'm, I'm fucking dumbfounded by the lack of information that we got. And they held a press conference before they got the guy, which I thought was, I thought bizarre. that was weird too <laughs> like i don't know it, it was just a, I, I, a lot I, I don't i can't remember what Even they were saying at that press conference was that the one where they were talking about the victims yeah because there were there were, there are three people confirmed dead as of now as of 15 minutes ago one person is in stable condition two people are in there five people were shot other than the three people that are dead um two people are in uh i think it's stable but serious condition yeah and two people are still in critical condition yeah i know one there was one person who was shot in the spine between i think it was t5 and t6 or t6 and t7 paralyzed from the chest down forever now punctured lung um one of the kids that i swam with his one of his family members i don't know if it's distant or closer or something Mm -hmm. like that was shot in the head Jeez. And he said on Snapchat that he was in coma. I don't know that status now, but it's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's going on? And then initially, they only canceled classes for 48 hours. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah, that, that does bring us to this side of it, too, is like, how do you feel How do you feel like MSU's response has been? Because from an outsider's Kinda perspective, awful. like from, so I'm, you know, I'm a student at Oakland University, yeah. which is about an hour away from MSU. And from my perspective, me going to class the next day, I don't know if it's because like I know you and uh-huh. other people at MSU or just because I'm, I'm also a student at Michigan, but us going to class the next day felt weird. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like people had just died the night before. Absolutely. Like and students you, you on another campus. I mean, everybody yeah. knows somebody at MSU. Like, uh, Oakland used to be a subsidiary <laughs> yeah. of, of MSU. At least it used to be a part of the same, <laughs> the same group. It's one of the fucking biggest colleges in the country. It's yeah. a huge D1 school, Big Ten school, popular football program. Yeah. Like shit like that. Like everyone knows someone at MSU. Everybody yeah. knows a Michigan State fan it's like it's well cemented within like michigan culture yeah so i I guess how do you feel um the msu administration did here i don't i don't don't know i i feel kind of like it kind of kind of sucks yeah we we didn't even get a week off i went to class earlier today we're recording Mm -hmm. this on monday and uh, it hasn't even been a week uh by the time we're done recording it hasn't even been a week since the shooting started yeah and I was in class today and I was kind of weird. Like I wanted to sit there. I got, I got to my first class at like 10, 20. I wanted to fucking cry. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what's going on? I'm looking at the door. I'm like, just thinking like somebody just walked in and just killed two people yeah. and shot a bunch of other people. And here I am in class, not even a week later. Yeah. And I, like there was a, a student petition that went around like 25,000 signatures yeah. as of a couple of days ago for classes online. It's just like, like some university administrations are just so I don't I don't know if it's resistant to change or just so, like they don't even care about student needs. It's yeah, bizarre. It's like it's I I don't fucking get it because I also I understand like uh the the big thing for me is like my I had English and biochem today. My English professor was very like caring. He's like, okay, we are gonna rearrange the schedule. We are absolutely pushing assignments back. I'm axing these assignments yeah. from the schedule. Like you guys need time to grieve and things. But then I go to biochem 
and they just, he he says a couple words he's like tragic event horrible obviously here are the caps resources here's what we were told to tell you and then he starts fucking just lecturing for the next hour instructing about the AAT enzyme and uh, purification doing our fucking Lowry assays yeah. and a bunch of assays that we have to do in my five hour lab on Wednesday and starts just talking to us about how we gotta write this crazy monstrous procedure uh, tonight and tomorrow and how this week there are gonna be no s- we have to write our own procedures for this Bio, yeah. for this biochem lab just background and he's like yeah actually this week there are going to be no secondary checks because there's not enough time to get your mm-hmm. procedure checked so you have to come and it has to be right the first time and you'll have an hour to revise it and if it's not revised in that hour i guess you just get fucked on lab because you don't have the right procedure and it's like i'm, I'm coming back just to immediate just academic pressure and like how do they expect people to do well i don't know like these people, <laughs> i don't know these people themselves are academics they have to understand that when you're like mentally traumatized yeah. from an event that like just happened you're you can't perform academically you, you can't do it and i've i've heard of professors scheduling exams for today that's insane for monday saying you that's guys insane. had extra time to study bro are you not scared too like if there was ever a time to give leeway yeah like I, I, <laughs> literally literally like, they gave infinitely more leeway it seems during the pandemic than they did now and like the, like the pandemic yeah. obviously was horrible but Jesus Christ. And it's like, especially because um, uh, Ariel Anderson, one of the, one of the girls who was killed that night, she was a biochem major. Jeez, she, she was a junior status biochem major. I would expect the B&B department to like be a little more understanding Receptive, too. yeah. Because there's not many of us. There's a couple hundred of us in the whole university of 39,000 students. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would expect that department to do something. Like, think something, have some extra feelings about it. Because I certainly had extra feelings about it when I found out she was a B&B major. Yeah. Because it's like, it's an extra sort of proximity to it it's mm-hmm. like oh fuck dude i'm a bnb major i was on campus that night like but just so many things just like running through your head it's it's fucking scary like yeah. it's like it's 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 ridiculous and i gotta go home after the pot and do a fuck ton of homework for the next right. two days to try and catch up on i guess missed material no it's it's unimaginable to me that students will do it all well for the rest of the semester oh yeah and i mean i guess msu's credit they they have made it so that um Every undergraduate course, 100 to 400 level, can be um, pass-fail, pass, fail, yeah. satisfactory or not satisfactory. So that's nice. But there are some kids that that, that does not help. Oh, yeah. Some, some people can't use that. Some people absolutely can't use that because they may need to use that in a um, class that's a prerequisite for mm-hmm. medical school yeah. or grad school. And some medical schools will not accept some satisfactories. Yeah. I, I think that you're in a decent position if you need to not take a satisfactory, though, because... Uh, I think I I would hope that med schools or grad schools or jobs would understand when they see that this semester is a bit lacking in the GPA and say, oh, that was that semester. But at the same time, I don't know if they will be because these things have just been so normalized. Like our like honestly, obviously, you know, OU is an hour away. So like not everything's going to stop because it didn't happen there. But like everybody was talking about it. Everybody was feeling it. But we kind of just went on like nothing Mm -hmm. happened. And it's like it's just. I don't know if it's just me and other people don't feel like this, but it's just weird to carry on about your day as if the night before you weren't glued to your phone in the oh, news for four yeah. hours. It, it, I can't imagine it was, what it's like for it you. Was, it was absolutely fucking unreal when we, when the, the, I had never, 
I, I, I had never wanted when I was in that fucking bathroom, I had never like wanted somebody to kill themselves before, but I had just sat there and I just couldn't help but think, I just can't wait for this motherfucker to kill himself. And so that's I can always go how it home. ends. That's always how it ends. Exactly. Cause they, they always kill themselves. The, yeah. the Parkland shooter is like the exception. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just sitting here waiting. Like, when is he just going to fucking shoot himself so I can go home and be safe? Yeah. And I feel like that's a very human reaction. I don't like admitting that. I don't feel like that's necessarily a good thought to have, a healthy thought to have, but I think it's a natural thought to have. Well, especially in a situation like that. And it's like that that is another thing is that the cops rarely catch these dudes. Oh yeah. Like no. it, they always end up committing suicide in some way or mm-hmm. giving themselves up after a while. But and it's like this guy almost got away too. He was walking away. He was walking like I think towards his home. Yeah, he left Kansas. It was it was fucking ridiculous. But anyway, when 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 he finally did kill himself, and there was confirmation, and the 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 secure in place order lifted at about twelve thirty, um, I I walked home from the library. I was I was originally gonna walk to my friend's place, but then I was like, I just want my own bed. Yeah, like I just want to go sleep in my own bed, and I want to take a shower because nobody should be in a public bathroom for three and a half oh, hours yeah. sitting on the floor. You had the city on you. <laughs> yeah, no, literally for the first hour, I was squatting, and I was yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. I got I gotta just bite. I gotta just take it and sit down, and that felt awful, and I felt gross, and it was smelly in there because it's a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And there was one moment where it's like we we didn't want to pee because we're like, is it too loud to pee? And then, and then we decided we'd take turns peeing. And I tried to, I tried to aim for the side of the toilet, but it's just, it just <laughs> you, you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. in here with a penis knows what exactly. I mean. All of <laughs> our penis enabled listeners. Exactly. Yeah. I tried to aim for the side of the toilet, but it didn't happen. And my first little went in there. And then my friend started giggling and making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Stuff, and then Laura goes peeing. That shit's a waterfall, oh. and we're making fun of her. And it was just we didn't want to flush because that shit's loud, and we didn't want anybody to know we're in there. Yeah. So we waited for somebody on the third floor to make the mistake of flushing, and then we tried to do it at the same time. But it's like fuck. I just wanted to go home and get my own bed, and it took about I couldn't. I drive to the library because I'm fucking disabled. I don't be walking too much, mm-hmm. and um, all the roads were closed down. So I was scared I wouldn't be able to drive home, especially because. The roads were closed down in my area because I'm right by the fucking union. Yeah. And so I walk an hour home at night. My phone dies like as soon Jeez. as I start walking. It's it it would be dark, but the uh, the cop cars and the helicopters are pretty much illuminating the environment. Yeah. So I, I get home at like 1.30. I kill some wine. I take a drunk shower and then I go to sleep at like 3. I wake up the next morning and I guess I just start making eggs. Cause like what the fuck else? You yeah, exactly. Do? And then I was making eggs and I'm starting to like feel weird about it. And then my roommate comes out and he's, it's like, it's like awkward. You know what I mean? And he's like, what do you say to each other? Yeah. It's like, what do you say? And I, <laughs> I go, that's not as crazy, huh? Yeah. Well, cause how do you react? Right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, cause, uh, gun violence in our schools, especially has become this sort of epidemic that us as students are all kind of just expected to go along with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this, this wasn't an issue for previous generations. Yeah. And then the shooting at MSU happens and, you know, you obviously were in the midst of it. And I'm obviously a university student myself. And we're just kind of thinking like, it doesn't change. It could be anybody. Right. And it doesn't change. Right. Like the question is always, how many lives is it going to be? Right. At what point do people in power recognize that? Oh, my God, so many people have died. And the truth is that it could be 100 students. It Mm -hmm. could be 100,000 students. 
and it doesn't matter to them. No. Nothing changes. So yeah, what else do you do but get up and make eggs in the morning and act like nothing happened and then go to school the next week? Exactly. Like I got up and made eggs and I'm like, what the fuck? This feels weird. Like it, it, like the governor, Governor Whitmer came to the vigil uh-huh. on, on MSU's campus and then the next week they're like, yeah, go back to class. You have an exam this week. <laughs> I'm like how do they expect people to function? This is, this is a unique problem for America and for our generation specifically. And they just expect us to go on with our lives. We got to be just destroying our brains at this point. And it's like it's like we we had talked about wh- whether it was Oxford or Uvalde because this is now what the third, no, yeah, the third high profile school shooting that we've covered because yeah. we've covered other shootings like the um the Buffalo supermarket Buffalo, shooting yeah. and things like that. But this is now the third, stuff. I think, school shooting that we've covered. Yeah, and it was in coverage of one of those events where we're talking about like everybody's got like a when sitting in high school, sitting yeah. in that classroom, everybody thinks like, what if like a shooter walked in right now? Oh yeah, all the time I'm and thinking thinks that. up like a quick plan and like shit like that. And it's like it's like you you, you genuinely like don't know until like you're you're there, and it's like it's. Like fuck yeah like what do you do like i'm sitting in that bathroom and there are moments where i'm having a panic attack and there are moments where i'm really angry and then there are moments where i'm giggling yeah because what the what the fuck else do you do how do you react this is it's beyond absurd that i had to be in that situation mm-hmm. it's beyond absurd that i had to seriously consider whether or not i had to email my fairy tale professor and be like hey professor um i know discussion posts are due at midnight tonight but i'm currently bunkered in like i'm currently locked in the library in the dark right now uh, fearing for my life because there are maybe multiple active shooters on campus. Can I get an extension on that? Yeah. Why did I have to think about that? Well, it's <laughs> like, like it, it's crazy that you even have to think of what emotion would be productive there. Uh-huh. Like, do you laugh and then suddenly feel bad because, you know, people are in yeah. serious danger. People are dying. Do you get angry? Where do you direct that anger at? Do you cry? Like how helpful would that yeah. be if there's a shooter around? Like what, what do you do? What do we expect students to do while we, we watch this happen? We constantly fear that one day gun violence will come to our doorsteps at school. And then it does for you. Like what, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's nothing even, even after, I don't know what the fuck to do. Cause it's like, I've been crying crying all last week just every once in a while but it's like it's like what 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 stops me from crying is this weird feeling that it's like i mean but i wasn't in berkey i wasn't in the union so it's like do i have any right to feel traumatized but then it's like i wouldn't tell anyone from parkland Mm -hmm. who wasn't in the building that uh nicholas cruz shot up that they don't have a right to be traumatized when they were locked in their classrooms so why aren't i giving myself that same like leeway i yeah. wouldn't tell any of my friends that have also been crying that were in that bathroom with me that actually you guys don't have a right to be traumatized right. we weren't at berkey we weren't in the union but it's still like it's it's such a weird situation it's just there's it's hard to navigate like what the fuck do you do and now i'm back in class right <laughs> like i don't know it's, what's going on we, we gotta be doing something wrong like outside of the whole <laughs> gun regulation thing which is obviously the major component of all of yeah. this Outside of that, there's got to be something we're doing wrong with mental health. Because even if, because, you know, I see MSU says uh, counseling free available to everyone yeah. now. But, you know, next year they're going to be like, all right, back to three free sessions and you got to pay us $20 no, Literally. Time. Like, it, like w- what are we doing? And even next outside of semester. that, that guy wasn't a student. Mm-mm. So mental health is, mental health on campus isn't, like, mental health resources on campus aren't going to do anything for that for kind of person. future shootings. Exactly. Yeah. Like something's got to be wrong. It is a uniquely American problem that we're just forcing everybody to go through. And there hasn't been a time in our lives where we mm-hmm. haven't been always aware of that possibility. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just I, there's no other words. I mean, and, there's no other analysis. And it's, it's like you look at it now and you're like, I, I, I still yeah. unfortunately like stand by my take. Was it 
last week when we covered the State of the Union or the week before when Joe Biden's talking about we need to ban assault weapons, I still stand by my take that that's unwinnable rhetoric right now. And that's fucking sad. Yeah. That's fucking sad that I still believe that that's an unwinnable position. Right. On the national stage. It took, took what, 24 kids dying in Uvalde to a shooter uh, and like what well, hours of cops not doing anything uh-huh. about it for the smallest modicum of gun regulation to get through. And yeah. even that we know is insufficient it's and its effects, its effects will not be felt for years. Mm-hmm. It's like to expect that they'll do anything else after a university shooting. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. And to be fair, it's like uh, Whitmer. There've been 11, 11 um, bills proposed yeah. related to guns and gun regulation, but there are things like red flag laws uh, and expansions of those, which I guess Michigan didn't fucking have before. Yeah. Which is like, why? Well, I think before then, um, Democrats never had a trifecta. Yeah, we, we haven't had, had a trifecta a in 40 years. Um, but that, that was also going to be my point is that this is the only time gun regulation could pass mm-hmm. is because Republicans don't control anything right now. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, nothing would happen. And even even in passing gun regulation right now, they they have to do it carefully because if they don't, the fucking Michigan chapter of the NRA will challenge these laws yeah. and the Supreme Court will uphold the Second Amendment every fucking time and nothing will happen. The, the only thing that will change is the only thing that's historically changed and that's a spike in gun sales after every mass shooting. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the safety of our nation's children is literally being held hostage yeah. here by conservatives in this country. Three people uh, fucking died in class. Uh-huh. More may die from the events of that night. And nothing's going to change except yeah. more guns being bought. Thousands of students traumatized. For yeah. the, like, unimaginable. <laughs> the NRA is going to continue to be popular. They can fucking rot. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. I, does that bring us to the end of the, I the think MSU? that brings us to the end of MSU. I know we have some some listeners that attend MSU along with Gage, so um, I hope you're taking Stay care of yourself. I hope you're staying safe. Uh, utilize ca- the CAPS resources. There's yeah. a free knitting and crochet class that you can sign up for. That's yeah. cool. Uh, we always got community for you guys. Exactly. Um, I'm sure there's people in the community that will talk to you if no one else will. Um, and I uh, really appreciate everybody hitting us up, asking yeah. how we were doing after that. That was That was dope. Yeah, no, we we got DMs and emails from yeah. all kinds of people, especially after my live tweet. <laughs> There's yeah. a fucking active shooter well, on MSU's like, campus. Like, what do you do? like? Yeah, that's another reaction is like, oh, I'll just post about this. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know what I would do either. No, because there were times in that bathroom where I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should tweet something right now. Like, get, get in the in the giggly like, moments. If, so if I'm like, at, let's get the brain going. Like, if I'm at work in the Oakland Center and that something like that pops off, obviously I've thought about it before. Like, I'm in the yeah. office. What am I going to do in this situation? Yeah. Someone just busted in right now. I don't know. Like, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you visualize it but in the moment i've it i don't know unacceptable it, it's unacceptable it's, uh, it's 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 ridiculous for sure um but i guess we'll we'll move on to our we got a couple news stories left that we'll run through really yeah. quick today um the first one is an update on the train derailment issue the one in ohio that we talked about um of course last week talked about the, the derailment in east palestine um it released tons of toxins into the air vinyl chloride mm-hmm. into the air and there's been Growing concerns uh, in the population or in the town as well as just nationally because this has actually gotten some more attention recently. Um, there's a big concern about river water and groundwater as toxins and carcinogens leak into the <laughs> leak into the ground. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, there's also been, of course, there's the the now famous photo of the toxic plumes just kind of floating into the air uh, and traveling big black cloud wherever they may go. Um, so that's obviously pretty troubling too. The USA Today reported a, a pretty decent timeline of events that I thought was was um, pretty comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, one of the train cars just had flames on it for like an hour before the explosion went off. Oh wow! Uh, and nobody really did anything about it. 
probably because they're understaffed. Like there's video of the the train going by a station that's like on fire. Dude, um, fuck what? Apparently, yeah, yeah. I watched the video earlier today. And apparently, this is what derailed the train. The braking system just stopped working. Uh, then the explosion obviously happened because they did that controlled burn. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was caused by poor braking systems that just lit on fire. Love that. Yeah, not not great. There's also this area uh, aerial photo of the burn that's come out recently. And if you all haven't looked it up, I encourage you to just to go along with this section because mm-hmm. that area is much bigger than I thought. Like really? it is it is a huge piece of land that's just black. Oh, uh, and fuck. like and there's a there's a picture of when the train car first initially fell off and the explosion went off. And yeah. Like obviously all the train where cars they're all like piled up zigzagged. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. they're all they're all off of the rails and it's just an enormous area. Uh, that has just been saturated with toxins uh, and the, for this nearby town. It's uh, really bad news. I told you it's the bad news episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the USA Today also reports that Ohio officials, they've been doing uh, tests for in the water for vinyl chloride. They've also been testing air quality and been saying everything is fine, everything's fine. And I'm not trying to doubt the science here. Obviously, these people, I hope, know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical of this assessment only because this didn't really see receive any media attention until people started screaming about it uh-huh. only then did they start saying things about this whole derailment in east palestine it just to me it just screams cover-up especially because there was an expert in the area that was like yeah we just nuked a town with chemicals so the rail could keep working and and there there's there's also like the because it's like to to fuel the skepticism it's like flint's water was fine until it wasn't yeah no exactly and then we learned in hindsight that it hadn't been fine for uh-huh. 40 years so there were there, there's precedent for cover-ups like this to kind of happen. I don't want to be too conspiratorial. Yeah. But I also don't want to put uh, my trust 100% into this organization right now. Right, exactly. Especially because um, companies like Norfolk Southern obviously have a financial motive in getting things running mm-hmm. again. Uh, and they barely paid anything out to this small town, as we talked about last week, $5 per person. I, 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 I heard I heard from a so. USA Today article that they've decided to up their pledge to sending like $1,000 checks to people. But I also don't know if those checks come with caveats. Um, you know I, what I mean? Like, oh, you actually can't sue us now. Even if they didn't, like $1,000 checks, what is What's that going to do if you get cancer? not going to cover your cancer pills. It's not that's even not one cancer treatment. not going to cover your chemo. Right. Like, it's it's not going to do very much when clusters of cancer develop in this small town uh-huh. years from now, or even clusters of cancer in surrounding areas. Yeah. As, you know, the air quality worsens, as the, the you know, the toxic plume travels, or yeah. um, groundwater kind of just keeps getting infected. So, I, it's a bad situation all around. <laughs> Not great. There's also some other reports of train derailments in the United States, and I wanted to touch on this really quickly. There's at least one in Michigan that I saw. Um, None of them nearly as bad as the one in Ohio because they weren't carrying as dangerous chemicals or just they weren't even carrying liquids at all. Circling back to the East Palestine one, wasn't that train also marked as not carrying hazardous materials? Yes, and that was another thing I was going to get to, um, but I'll jump down to it right now. So under the Obama administration, they'd considered a rule to require every car carrying toxic chemicals to use safer brakes, and they also also wanted to have added regulations to uh, reclassify things that are hazardous, right? Yeah. They wanted to make it more broad so that we they would have to treat hazardous chemicals with a little bit more care. Um, those, <laughs> Sounds intuitive. Well, yeah, you <laughs> would think so. smart. Those stricter rules were never imposed. Um, <laughs> the braking rules were imposed onto oil trains. Um, they had to, they were made 
by the transportation department uh, to use these newer electric brakes that were just basically better in every yeah, way. But not cancer trains. Uh, not the cancer trains, <laughs> not the only cancer the, trains. the oil trains. Okay. Um, these brakes are better in every way. They were an upgrade from the uh, Civil War era brakes that we <laughs> nice. were using and are still using in trains today. That rule was immediately undone by Donald Trump. Uh, so it doesn't exist anymore. Cool. And current transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg has not reinstated the rule, and, and he it, said that he's not going to. I reinstate was going to say, the rule. hasn't he refused to do anything about the situation? Pretty right. Much. Uh, and under the uh, the original proposed Obama administration rule, this Ohio train would have been classified as high hazardous uh, materials, but wasn't, and still wasn't uh, when this happened in Ohio. Excellent. Yeah. I love when we don't classify cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there have been some experts saying that had those safer break rules been imposed onto all hazardous chemicals, it could have made a difference um, in this disaster in East Palestine. No doubt. No uh, doubt. Because upgrading infrastructure is a thing that we should do. You know, had those safer break rules made it in, had Joe Biden not stepped in personally to take the side of the railroad right. CEOs, maybe, maybe there's a chain of events here. That we can see a um, uh, a snowball effect and, and the, into issues like this. Yeah, the interesting thing about the uh, Department of Transportation is that they have quite a bit of power over this stuff. Yeah, they can basically make up new regulations. Obviously, they can't solve it all. They can't oh, like nationalize cool. <laughs> the service. But there are steps that people like Pete Buttigieg could take to make it a lot safer on railroads, but they just haven't done it. Mm -hmm. One, because the railroad lobby is so enormous that it's, you know, there's a large financial interest in not doing anything, nice. but also because Pete Buttigieg himself isn't looking to regulate that much. No. Um, he got his prominence through some institute where he was basically just helping corporations maximize their profits. So he's like, he's not the guy that's going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's no financial incentive for him to do it, especially if he wants to run for higher office one day. And there's certainly no financial interest or punitive interest. God, I hope not. <laughs> for for the uh, railroad CEOs to do it because they're not going to get punished. They're not going to lose anything for for not upgrading their cars. Imagine, they're not imposing rules. Imagine another Pete Buttigieg run in 2024. Yeah, no. Imagine Pete Buttigieg versus John Bolton. Yeah, the two nominees, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst timeline. But yeah, so Pete Buttigieg, he's... Um, He's noted that he's not going to bring the rule back. He's not even going to expand on the rules. And in fact, right now, he's considering, his department's considering further deregulation of braking systems, well, uh, which is just like, you it's great. The timing is awful. And another like broader critique I have of this whole situation mm -hmm. is like, when we first covered this last week, right, a lot of bigger media outlets had not covered this like on primetime. Yeah. That's changed, and the one bad one has been the one covering this. Tucker Carlson has been on about every single night talking about this East Palestine train derailment. Right. And I think this just represents a broader issue uh, with liberal media and just the, the failure that it is in that yeah. it will constantly cede ground to conservatives because conservatives are willing to cover these issues because the – there's a weird relationship conservatives have with these corporations, right? They can they can criticize them without corporations necessarily lashing back at them yeah. because they ultimately know that it's the conservatives and their policies that are going to push forth better profits for right. them. Right. They're taking on the kind of economic populism that we should be taking on, yeah. but that the left is too afraid to take on because doing so would jeopardize their position uh, and their alliances with corporations. Like, again, people like Pete Buttigieg, they have no incentive because if he pushed back against these companies, made new regulations, went after, say, Norfolk Southern and tried to get like punitive damages. Yeah. 
all he does is hurt his chances at getting elected one day. Absolutely. He has no incentive to do this. If, Again, under a capitalist organization of the economy, <laughs> especially uh, liberals, but conservatives too, they're not motivated to do anything for us. And it's like if the liberal media were to take the stance that you should, that uh, railroad companies fucking suck, yeah. and the CEO should uh, maybe go to prison, mm -hmm. something along those lines, then they would, becoming, they would become the very thing that they sought to destroy and that they would become more progressive yeah. when they constantly shit on the progressive wing of the party right the progressive people within the party yeah, and there's a dichotomy that some people have pointed out where it's like um and this is something we point out too is that say if donald trump were in power right yeah. conservatives wouldn't criticize him at all for this and yeah. liberals would flip back to trump should have done more to prevent this from happening <laughs> but joe biden's in office and liberals don't say he should have done the should have done more for um to prevent this from happening absolutely and conservatives are now saying that joe biden should have done more it's his fault and he could have done something and it's like neither side of the political aisle here neither side of the i don't know capitalist side of the political <laughs> aisle is ever willing to say that their guy could do something about it if they're in power. Oh, never. Whereas we never. are kind of sitting outside of it all like, yeah, Trump should have done more, Biden should have done more. This is failure at every single level. They, uh, CNN would absolutely be railing against Trump if Trump were the one who bro essentially broke the railroad strike. Right. If Trump were the one that got in there and said, no, no, these railroad CEOs need to make even more money, yeah. uh, CNN would be all over that. Right. They'd be so into it. That's the thing. Like, they, they're just so inconsistent with their positions and... I don't know. It's it's not a great situation. No. Uh, and it's uh it's especially bad because we know that again Buttigieg he's not going to he's not going to do anything. Nothing's going to change. Again, it's it's the nothing's going to change episode. And it's yeah, <laughs> and it's even worse because as we mentioned last week, the rail market is an oligopoly. It's not even really a market. Uh -huh. It's functionally just owned by a few companies. Uh, and there's if the government's not going to be the one to step in, there is no balancing mechanism yeah right because it's not like the free market can work it out it's not like consumers can <laughs> the can, invisible hand right. can't come in here and spank the railroad <laughs> like the the consumer can't choose to buy from someone else like it, they own the railroads <laughs> i'm going to choose to have my um my my consumer goods that i'm buying at walmart shipped through amtrak instead of norfolk southern right i want the walmart that gets it from amtrak yeah no like we we the consumer have no power over it and really the the companies that push their goods along railroads have no power over it because like the the railroads own to. it the and, railroads own it and like, the, ra the railroads are set you can't yeah. just like pick them up and move you can't really. build your own yeah. <laughs> so we have to rely on the people in power to step in and yeah. do the right thing but they aren't and, and Pete Buttigieg has no interest in doing the right thing and, and they aren't for the the same capitalist reasons that people do bad things in general yeah and it exposes the liberal wing of the party and it again opens the door for people like Tucker Carlson to get in there and sink their teeth into this issue and poison the well because there are some critiques that a Tucker Carlson has made in his coverage that are like technically the correct ones mm -hmm. right but then he goes on to say outlandish shit again. Yeah. And the people that watch him go out to say, oh, I think these train derailments are a psyop. And yeah. I think that these are false flag operations going on. And I think that the railroad, that the, there are terrorists doing this. And the people that are doing this should be treated as terrorists. I fuck with that energy. Yeah. But the people that are doing this are the CEOs. Yeah. They are the terrorists. Well, and and that's the thing is with Tucker and his, I don't know, collaborators, <laughs> there's always a kernel of truth in what he is saying. You know, the, the anger yeah. that he's eliciting from people. But then, I, he, you know, he takes them in the wrong way, directs yeah. the anger in the wrong way. Um, but yeah, the, the only reason they're able to have these critiques is because people like Biden and Buttigieg are unwilling to do anything. They're awful. 
if they unveiled, like, you know, two days after this disaster, just a whole new slew of regulations to prevent this from ever happening again, Tucker wouldn't have anything to talk about. Mm -hmm. He would have to talk about how he wants railroads to be unregulated. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to talk about how Joe Biden is a failure and let this happen. They want to spend how much on the new brake system? They want to upgrade your Civil War era brakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Civil War was when our country was great. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's a that's a little update for you all on um, East Palestine. If you all live near East Palestine, uh, get praying out. for you. <laughs> yeah, praying <laughs> get for out because I don't know what's happening with y'all. But uh, good luck for real. Moving on, I guess. Uh, next, I guess we're gonna have to cover the Brianna J killing. I think it's J. I've heard it pronounced J. G H E Y. So, yeah, I'm gonna continue with that. It's also British. Yeah. So I'm gonna continue with that and hope and pray that that's correct. Um, and basically, last Saturday, trigger warning. Uh, Awful transphobia. Yeah. Very bad. The culmination of transphobia, dare I say. Last Saturday, in broad daylight in a UK park, Brianna Gay, a 16-year-old trans girl, was brutally stabbed to death by mm -hmm. two 15-year-olds. Right? Yeah. And what what's what's interesting about this case is immediately after... One, UK, very transphobic place. Like oh, yeah. most places, UK is very transphobic. Just about or worse than the United yeah, States. Again, home of J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Uh, things, things like that, you know? She's from the UK or she just lives there? I think she's from the UK. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's right? why she's I mean, so bad. I mean, either way, if she chose to live there, I think that's telling given her turfness, you know yeah, what I'm okay. saying? But anyway, what what makes this case particularly interesting is that immediately after the murder happened... Cops got on, got out of their little press conference, said this was not a hate crime. Yeah. Before they had even found the suspects, they got on to say this is not a hate crime. They said it Britishly, though, of course. Britishly. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a hate crime. There you go. So how the fuck do you make that ruling having never, having not apprehended suspects, having never done any work to find a motive? Yeah. How do you immediately say that, no, this isn't a hate crime? Especially because, like, in broad daylight, you haven't done enough investigation to determine motive or anything else like that. Yeah. Usually, if if someone goes down in like if, if it's a mugging, for example, that's uh -huh. not going to happen at a a public park in the middle of the day. Yeah, that's going to be like a nighttime activity. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But no, this person was like stabbed a bunch, and there was and they're a trans person. Like, come on, it's pretty. Arrows point to it being a hate crime. You would think they would say it's under investigation as a hate crime. Mm -hmm. We haven't determined it yet, though. And there, there's a there's a history of her being just brutally bullied yeah. for being trans. And in the other 15-year-olds, it's like, is there a connection? I'm speculating when I say that. But the the other the other side to this is that hate crimes in of themselves are kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, vibes based. Oh, you hundred percent, yeah. Unless someone like the Buffalo shooter explicitly has a manifesto and says that they hate whatever minority group that they're targeting, yeah, you kind of have to go based on the vibes, mm -hmm. and that's to say that the vibes here are very off. You, you don't right. do something like this in broad daylight. If like, it, it'd be a big coincidence if it wasn't a hate crime, right? And that's that's what's fucked about this because yeah. they instantly come out. No, this couldn't have been a hate crime. Yeah, that that was my initial take as well. Is like I, I don't know how you could determine that right away, especially because, yeah. like you said, we kind of just have to assume based on the evidence we have available to us that it's a hate crime because people aren't going to come out and say like, oh yes, I want to harm trans people or uh -huh. I want to harm black people. There are some explicit cases where that happens, but it's very rare. And other times we have to determine if they targeted a certain person solely based on an arbitrary characteristic. And then we can say, yes, it was a hate crime. Yeah. But to rule it out right away, 
given the circumstances, is bizarre. Especially when there's been a huge uptick that we have covered for the last year, for ev- the length of this pod. Mm-hmm. There's been a huge uptick in anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. Yeah. And it is interesting because we're always focusing on it in the United States, right? In the yeah. context of the United States, because that's what's most pertinent for us and our and our audience. But it's interesting to see it in the UK because, of course, the UK is a very, still very racist, homophobic place. Absolutely. Um, maybe not as bad as the US or maybe worse than the US. I don't different exactly strokes know. Different strokes for different folks. It's still pretty awful, but it's just, it's interesting in a bad way to see yeah. this happen because it is in another country and they're treating it just about the same as the US would treat it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not great to see, given that it it makes me think that our uptick in transphobia translates to a n- corresponding uptick in transphobia in other countries that are comparable to our Oh, it has to. Own. Britain's always trying to copy us. Yeah, for <laughs> real. They're, they're always trying to copy our waves. It just it makes me feel as though situations like this are inseparable from what's going on in the United States right yeah. now. And that our global influence is one that is very bad deteriorating in some ways but also just getting worse overall it's 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 like we are exporting the culture war that yeah in, that's a in good way very to put it. bad ways right and it's it's like we've talked about um a couple weeks ago about how we're this uptick in anti-lgbtq rhetoric is kind of leading to like what would be lgbtq genocide yeah because that's a natural extent of it all yeah and when you have there was a clip that went viral this week of charlie kirk i don't know who he was talking yeah. to but it does not matter you know which one i'm talking about i know which one you're talking about and he gets on and says that um i'm paraphrasing something about trans people being disgusting mm-hmm. and then he says this part's a quote we need to start treating them like we need to start handling this like we mm-hmm. handled it in the 50s and the 60s yeah what could you be talking about that was handled in the 50s and 60s other than lynchings? Yeah. No, like, that's it. That's like, the only way that you could have meant that. Like what What else could you possibly have fucking and meant? If he ever gets pressed on it, he'll say it was out of context or, you know, I meant this or you're, you know, being I dramatic. Meant how the 50s and 60s people were willing to reach across the aisle and solve right. policy and do common sense policies. No, he didn't. But we know that when he's talking to his audience and similar commentators like him, when they're talking to their audiences, they explicitly mean like... We should kill these people. Yeah. Like, that, that's all it yeah. is. Uh, and I I don't know how it could be viewed any other way. And I know this is just one event with um, Brianna J. This is just, it's just, it, it's one murder and it's hard maybe for some people to tie it back to the whole scheme. But you can't convince me that this is separable from everything else that is going on. Not only in the United, not only in the United States, but clearly in other places as mm-hmm. well. People like Charlie Kirk, people like Jordan Peterson, uh, alarmingly and increasingly, have been pushing this anti-trans rhetoric over and over and over, and this is where it goes, right? It's dehumanization. Yeah. That's the point. And then it it serves them the most for people in their minds to separate these two cases, uh, and they're just, you can't do it. And can't do it. It's, it's ridiculous because even with, with this specific case, like, obviously, the, this girl, 16 years old, she was brutally murdered in mm-hmm. broad daylight in a mm-hmm. park, right? And that's not even the extent to how bad this coverage gets. She's already being disrespected in death. Yeah. The New York Times, in their initial coverage of this post, like, covered the story like you would any other story. But then they went and they amended their coverage yeah. to remove any mention of her being a girl. Mm-hmm. And then to add her dead name. Yeah. Why? The only reason that I could think of is to avoid anyone saying that it's a hate crime. Yeah. Because doing so would acknowledge that there's some amount of discrimination towards trans people, and not only in our country, but of course the UK, because that's where this happened. Exactly. Um, and I don't know that it's like a you know the police were like, hey, change this because we don't want to investigate as a hate crime. But it's just like 
or there's transphobic I, people all over. I don't know? know if they're trying to capitulate to like laws in Britain that say that when you're 16, it's not you're not old enough to officially right. change your name on government documents. But what does that matter to the New York Times? Yeah. <laughs> an American publication. An American publication in America. Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that matter to you? And then within the UK, Sky News and the BBC uh, failed to mention that she was trans. Yeah. In a lot of their coverage, which is like, why? Yeah. Unless you're trying to um, dodge this being labeled as a hate crime. Because I guarantee if the roles were reversed and a trans person went and stabbed a cis person, mm-hmm. you'd be saying, trans murderer, trans murderer. The murderer was trans. She yes. was trans. He yes. was trans. Like you, You'd be seeing shit like that all yep. the time. Yeah, no. Just, it, it would be this trans person transly trans murdered. Transly murdered. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it would be bad. It would it would be exactly It'd be very that. Bad. It's just like how Fox News will publish stories like black man kills white women uh-huh. to play on existing racial racial undertones, racial animosity. And then when it's like a, a cop that kills his wife in their house, it's like loving uh, cop. Oh, right. I know what headline you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. Loving cop accidentally fire shot. And that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, literally. Crazy. Or loving cop finds wife murdered. Right. And then you read the article and you're like, oh, <laughs> it was him. he did it. Like the framing is everything with these with these kinds of issues. And unfortunately, I guess even publications like the New York Times are framing it to favor the conservative view. Which is fucking insane. Which is, yeah. Coming insane. from the New York Times especially. Like what I just, I, what is going on? They amended the article again to fix it. But it's mm-hmm. like, why did you do this in the first place? Right. Yeah. What's going on there? What is going on? Yeah, I don't know, man. But um, is that wrap it up on that? That story? wraps it up. That wraps it up on that story for we're, sure. We're gonna end with some very brief election news. Very brief. Um, I know it's kind of a a weird uh, <laughs> a smorgasbord of news stories today. Uh, and we're it's six o'clock here our time, so we're kind of tripping a little bit. We're never recording this late, but yeah. um. The first piece of election news we got to talk about is Nikki Haley because uh, Nikki Haley, she's the previous governor of South Carolina as well as the ambassador to the UN under Donald Trump. And she's now running against Donald Trump because she finally announced her presidency or her presidential campaign. Yeah. She announced just uh, last week. Why? She's not going to beat John Bolton. Well, that is the question, right? (laughs) Like, like, I don't know how she could be any kind of competition when we're jolting for Bolton like we are. For sure. Um, Or I guess you could say, like, she's not going to be able to beat Donald Trump either. Whatever. That that comes after Bolton, like, you know? Yeah. But she did a little um, press conference announcement speech, and uh, she's got a message developing already. Oh, she's already starting. She's already forming a message. I I had heard, like, the weirdest part about her presidential run is that she was never, like, clearly for or against Trump before. Yeah. She had kind of ping-ponged positions until she got her cabinet shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's that's what I know. Classic Republican. Well, the the first thing that she's um, kind of pushing along with her message in general is that she's young, right? Um, yeah. and How re- old is she? Relatively is the word here, right? She's fifty one. For yeah, uh, for so sure. pretty young for like a presidential candidate, I suppose. Okay, um, youngest <laughs> president was JFK, I think thirty nine or something like that. All so right. like for for uh, compared to Joe Biden, compared to Donald Trump, she is a young candidate. Uh, she called for mental competency tests for politicians over the age of seventy five, okay, as well as term limits on members of Congress. Which nice. I, I I would I would rather cap it at like seventy, uh, and then you don't have to add term limits. But once you're seventy, you're out. You're you gone. know what I mean? Like you don't get to yeah, run for absolutely. Congress anymore. Um, but the reason that I think this is kind of strange rhetoric is because one. Democrats should be the ones saying this 100%, but they're petrified of ever being associated with the progressive left, which is where the young people are. Um, and and to lose all of their fucking senators. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And two, uh, Nikki Haley and DeSantis can run on this kind of messaging, right? Yeah. They can say that we're young. We're not as old as Joe Biden. We're not as uh, geriatric as Joe Biden. <laughs> but then they can hold the exact same views as Republicans that are like 80 years old. Oh, for sure. It's all just like a, this is like a new form of identity politics almost by saying we're yeah. young, th therefore we're better. It's like you hold all the same views though, like, or you're worse. Let's kick all these old guys out who believe the same things that I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She also, and this is, uh, I think this is just about a direct quote. She had a very strong and convincing message for our votes. Uh, she was asked All by right. somebody why she should be the president over other candidates from the GOP. And she said, why not me? <laughs> I'm convinced. Why not me? <laughs> Shit, why not me? Shit, why, why not me? Come on now. She also uh, said that we, that quote, we do have to address entitlements, which is social security and oh Medicare. Oh my God. <laughs> but she what? said entitlements. She said entitlements in address. It, it could be improved then. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We need to look into entitlement programs. You know, entitlement programs are really taking up a big section of the budget. You see what Nikki Haley could mean when she says that is that they need to take up a bigger section of the budget as the former, I don't know, Carolina governor. One of them? <laughs> one of the Carolinas? One of the Carolinas. What did she govern before? Uh, oh, Nikki Haley? Yeah. Uh, or was South, it one of the Dakotas? I think it was South Carolina. Oh, okay. South Carolina, yeah. As a former Carolina governor, I, I know. I know what these programs need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They need to be cut is what they she's saying. They need to be cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Nikki Haley announced, uh, I, don't, I don't know who this is for. I don't either. I don't know who's getting jived up for Nikki Haley, but. I mean, this is like the first, I guess, like primary season that I've really like followed followed mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. been looking into every little bit of news that comes out and I don't, is this how people felt when like ben carson announced his run back yeah. in 2016 i mean i think that in 2016 it was like jeb bush is the guy until he wasn't obviously that's, he that's got, insane he got clobbered <laughs> but different from then is that desantis and trump are obviously the number like the, the two guys absolutely like there, there's no question about announce it. his run like back in 2016 you know Mitt romney lost in 2012 it was kind of unclear who it was going to be so there's yeah. a there's a big field but at this point the field doesn't need to be any bigger than two no um and that's why i think that nikki haley's just going to end up as a as a vp on one of the tickets either for desantis or trump probably more likely for desantis in my opinion oh, if yeah if desantis wins but she's like she doesn't win like no. who who wants a Nikki Haley presidency on the GOP <laughs> side? I mean, like nobody nobody cares. So I, I didn't even know gonna, who she was. Not gonna right, lie, she's gonna end up as a VP somewhere uh, on either Trump or DeSantis or just another ticket. cabinet position. Just yeah. get her name out there so that people would want to pick her for a cabinet. And, I guess. Hey, maybe that's what she's doing it for, and I respect the grind and the hustle. I do. You know I, I, mean? I I do. I I ultimately get the bag. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like it when conservatives get the bag, but I'd be doing the same thing. I understand. I'm uh, and the last little election news story I want to talk about is uh, something a reviewer mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes. I think, was it last episode two, or two It was last ago? episode or an episode. Everything's kind of jumbled right now. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, this is about the Wisconsin Supreme Court, though. So Wisconsin is having a Supreme Court primary on Tuesday. So the day before yes. this episode airs for our Wednesday weenies. Um, and they are replacing this election is to replace a retiring conservative. This race again is a primary. The general election is happening in April, so this will uh, this will decide which two candidates out of the four move on to the final yes. contest. Uh, there's like one progressive guy, a more liberal guy, and then two conservatives that are running. Oh, don't want that. Um, yeah, don't want either. If we could wipe both conservatives off the ballot, that'd be great. That'd be the that'd optimal be outcome. But they got one Tuesday that's coming up. Uh, this race will flip or might flip. Uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court makeup, mm -hmm. uh, they've got seven justices on their Supreme Court, and the one that's leaving right now is a conservative. So it's going to be three and three, nice liberals and conservatives. So whoever gets elected here is going to decide 
um, basically everything about the next several years for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's things like abortion, it's things like voting rights, democracy itself <laughs> in Wisconsin. Uh, so this is a very, very important race. And it's kind of crazy that a race this important is just like a state Supreme Court. Wisconsin, you can make up for electing Ron Johnson yeah. yet again. By just voting for the two good candidates this time. It's easy. There are only two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, vote for the more progressive one. For sure. I don't know which one that is out of what I was oh, looking fuck. at this morning. I can't remember. Um, but millions and millions of dollars have already been spent on this race, um, specifically by like the Republican side because they know how important this is. Uh -huh. It's it's one of those races that is technically on the ballot as nonpartisan. But, but the way know. in which people get nominated for these things is through the parties <laughs> or through um, ideologically slanted like uh, interest groups and things like that. Yeah. So we know like the ideology of these people and they state it when they're in interviews. So because they want people to know. Um, but yeah, vote for the uh, progressive if, if you're in Wisconsin for our um, Wisconsin weenies that we got. Wisconsin in our show. weenies. Wisconsinites. Classic. Um, just wanted to touch on that and we'll we'll cover the results. We'll cover the results after it finishes. I think the, the general election is April 4th. So this is all happening before um, we even get to 2024. So pretty big. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. What a what a week. What, yeah. what a week of uh, news coverage. Yeah. What a pod. I uh, I really hope next week is better for, uh, for y'all, for, <laughs> for us so we can get better news for y'all. Uh -huh. uh, apologize if the episode is a little unorthodox today. True. It was uh, a little rambly. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot was going on. But uh, we're back with a vengeance. At, that's right. This is head in the office, and we haven't missed an episode in ever a year and a half <laughs> of recording. So we have not missed in eighty-five episodes. We have not missed one. Oh, we've missed one Wednesday. An episode oh, did come true. out on a Thursday. That was when I had COVID. When you had COVID, yeah. We almost missed a Wednesday for both of our cars. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's been a couple of times where we just couldn't drive to the studio. <laughs> that was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, but we're yeah. um we're heroes of the proletariat. Absolutely. So we're out here getting the episodes for you all. Hopefully this week is, is better for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll see you next time. Have a great one. Oh, we oh wait. Oh, my we goodness. We won't see you next time. How could we forget? Well, we didn't forget. We just faked you. <laughs> That's right. You thought we were ending the episode? You thought we were done? We're giving Not a special thank. without thanking our backers. backers. <laughs> special thanks to Cricket Scrabble Layouts, Nikki and I in Lives, Kaden Kraut, Lord T, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Katz, 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, <laughs> Mattias T, Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Sarah McRoberts, Dylan B. Kaz, Caleb Joy, Jim Bobs, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Meyer, Maldonado, Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Ted Cruz's Boy Toy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Bread, Joe Centrum, Austin Reed, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Timothy Espinoza, Gregory Isn't My Name, Barry Yook, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Eliza Crawfishing, <laughs> Beneth Bennington the third, Alexia Benanti, Nick, Big Booty Beatdown, Moses T, Moises T, Sam Maloney, Two-Headed Boy. Two-headed boy. Whoa. Jeremy Cadret, uh, Ben Shapiro's boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, and my mom. Thank you all for supporting the show on Let's Patreon. This has got bigger when I was over saying, the last couple look, months. Look, when I was saying I hope you all have a, a good week, I was talking about was talking a good week the for Wednesday these Wednesday weenies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah. now when I say have a good week, have a great week, have a love-filled week, uh -huh. I'm talking to the Savvy right. Sunday. Well, sometimes we got to no. keep you guys on your toes. Exactly. Because you're listening, you're like, oh, they, they, oh they my God, are they going to forget? What, what the fuck am I paying for? I always listen to my name. Well, you got it. Easy. Uh, yeah, quit, quit complaining. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Lazy leftist.